or and something. I'm the mouse. <laughs> that's what that's what they called me in high school. The mouse? I don't know if that's a good thing. It was not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I I think people liked me. Well, in the same way people think. <laughs> in the same way people think mice are cute, I'm sure they did. <laughs> But you know, it was strange. Whenever I ran across a room, everybody screamed very loudly. Well, you probably should put some clothes on. <laughs> hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the... Read This Book Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Duncan. And I'm your host, also, Matthew Meadows. I changed it up this time. You, you thought I was going to say, and I'm your other host, Matthew Meadows. And oftentimes, yeah, you say it like a normal human, but, but this I, time it was... I'm feeling a little spicy tonight, Stephen. Oh, boy. Oh, we know what yeah. kind of book you read. I, a Stephen King <laughs> Stephen novel. King novel. <laughs> it was kind of spooky. Oh, boy. Oh, heck. Okay, well... <laughs> So much for killing that Midwestern vibe. So for like 20 minutes before we recorded, Stephen and I were just talking back and forth in like a Midwestern accent. Yeah. And we both were like, I think we're going to accidentally slip into it. And we already have. Yeah. Like it, it already happened. It took less than 30 seconds. Yeah. Well, we you know what there. they, it's all you can do to do what you do is what they say. Yeah. So um, do we want a funny story? Sure. So uh, me and my wife, we went on our honeymoon in uh, the Upper Peninsula in Michigan. Mm-hmm. And what was really weird and kind of funny, but also kind of scary. And for further context, my father is from Michigan. He born and raised in Michigan, but I never lived there. I have family from there, family that's still there. He was from there, but my family never lived there. Um, so we go on our honeymoon, Upper Peninsula, Michigan. And within like a day of being there, I was speaking like someone from Upper Peninsula, Michigan, which is kind of that Midwest, yeah. but more Northern, like, oh, oh boy, that's, ah, heck, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, and I straight up was speaking like that the whole time we were there. And it was like there was just this recessed piece of my DNA that came out once I was around <laughs> these people that were part yeah. of, like, my up. Not my, not even my upbringing, but part of distantly, yeah, of who I was. Your as a ancestry, person. my ancestry, yeah. So that was a really odd, random. That thing. must have been a shock for your wife. It was, <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like who why is this do guy? You sound exactly like these people, and am I about to be murdered? Yeah. <laughs> speaking of murder. Speaking of murder. Speaking of murder, Stephen. Um. We're I'll coming to you live from Mexico. Because uh, well, <laughs> I don't, the, I don't know if that's gonna land. Because we're on the run. Okay, there we go. I was gonna say I, <laughs> we had to get out of the jurisdiction of the feds. Yeah. Well, speaking of murder, Stephen, Stephen King is dead. <laughs> no, he's not. I'm really making you angry. He at this is alive point. and well, and he actually has a book coming out soon. I Another one? Yeah, it's called Holly, I think. That's got to uh, be like his eighth or ninth book at this point, right? <laughs> Bro, um, that that particular book is called The Mist. Um, okay, okay. You know anything about The Mist? I know that it was adapted into a film. Um, 
And that's about all I know of okay. it because I haven't even seen the movie. Yeah. Um, brief synopsis. Uh, I, the movie, it's been out for a long time. The book's been out for mm-hmm. a long time. So I feel like spoilers are light spoilers where we might get into some light spoiler territory. That's fine. Um, so essentially, the, the mist takes place in a, in a town in Maine where there's this big storm after a heat wave. Um, and all of a sudden, there's this giant like cloud of fog, mist, if you will. Um, sure. And, and, it, and it kind of overtakes, overtakes the town. And uh, after the storm, our main character, David Drayton, he takes his son, Billy, and they go to the store to get some stuff, um, planning to come back to their wife, or uh, David's wife and Billy's mom. Okay. Um, and so they, they go to the store, and panic ensues when the mist overtakes the town. You can't see about maybe more than five feet outside the window of the grocery store. Um, and people start going out. And Stephen, they don't come back. From the mist. From the mist. To the grocery to store. To the grocery store. They're just gone. They're gone. Do we hear anything? Oh, yeah. Oh. Screams. So they're, they're not doing well. Yeah. They are. They have been, how you say, murdered. <laughs> oh, I would say it. You would say that. <laughs> I would, I've heard you say that. Um, they, <laughs> geez, um, <laughs> they are dead. They're dead. Okay. Super dead. Um, and, and, and so the, the story basically is confined to this grocery store. Okay. The book's about 200 pages long. Okay, so um, that's like a light Stephen King read. It's like a novella. Yeah. Yeah. So this actually, the little backstory, this was actually part of the book Skeleton Crew, uh, oh. a Stephen King like short story collection. Yeah. Um, this one, um, and I think, I have to think that the other books from that are also standalone novels um, in some way, shape, or form. But this mm-hmm. one was adapted into a movie uh, in, I think, 2007. Uh, but yeah, so it's originally written as a short story from that collection. Okay. Um, so the, with it being so short, a lot of what I liked about Stephen King and when I read Salem's Lot was what stuck out to me was the characters mm-hmm. um, and the characters being very kind of fleshed out. Um, but that's like a 700-page book. Yeah. This is a 220-page book, and the characters are also really good. Yeah. Um, and I, I've heard some criticism of, of Stephen King with some of these shorter novels is that he doesn't get to the point where he fleshes out his characters up to the level of what a Stephen King fan would expect of him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, again, being like a, a kind of a, a novice Stephen King fan, don't mm-hmm. really have a whole lot to say about that um, in relation to other things outside of Salem's Lot. Because I read Salem's Lot, loved it, um, haven't read anything by Stephen King other than The Mist. I'm thinking... Just as, uh, as an aside, I think I'm going to try to read something else by uh, Stephen King in September, October. Yeah. Um, well, are you going to do short stories? I don't know. Okay. I don't know yet because there's a couple books that I want to read of his. I would really like to read. Um, shoot. What's it called? I really want to read. Yes. I'd like to read Misery and I would like to read The, the Stand. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that book, was his like first breakout one. But right? that book is so long. Yes. That I, that that's gonna be an ordeal. But yeah. I that like those are some of the ones that I really want to get to. Misery, uh, I would really like to read. I would love to read Misery. Um, I so, love that movie. That's one yeah. of my favorites. Yeah. I think. Um, maybe we could do like a 
A little watch along? A little read watch it read along. Yeah. Read a watch along. Yeah. Um we can do we can talk about Poe. Yeah. We'll talk about it. We'll okay. We'll we'll spitball All right. later. Yeah. Porch time. Um <laughs> for for context, porch time is when me and Steven go sit on the porch and talk. Yeah. That's porch time. Yeah. Um so <laughs> uh <laughs> I just felt like that needed, like... Did it? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like that's self-explanatory. That you know what? You never know. Because um, <laughs> the definition of porch time was basically, that's where me and Steven spend time together on the on porch. On the porch, yeah. Uh, it's awesome. We porch call it porch great. time. No um, one knows what we're talking about. <laughs> it's a code, actually. Uh, we can't let people know where we hang out and talk. Um, anyway, so The Mist. We are on one tonight, man. This yeah. is... Uh, it's gonna be a fun, a fun episode. I'm gonna like it. Um, <laughs> so the mist, uh, mostly confined to this grocery store, and they're like stuck in there the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Is it like a zombie situation where they've barred everything off? Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it is and it isn't. So it isn't that way until later in the book, after so, people have died. Yeah, and after yeah. they kind of understand the, the the gravity of what's going on. Sure. Um, but there's a couple a couple other settings. Before and during the grocery store that, that stick out, uh, one being the the home of David Drayton and his wife, okay, um, and then a pharmacy uh, that is at, like the the next door over from mm. the the uh, the grocery store. Mm-hmm. So the house uh, where they live, uh, essentially, that's where stuff kind of gets going. Um, David, there's a big storm. David is pretty much just out, kind of like trying to clean up stuff. Um, there was like, I think a tree like fell into their house and it was like a mm. whole thing. Um, window broke, all that stuff. So he, he's, he's mowing the lawn, doing a thing. I, maybe he's, no, he's not mowing the lawn. He's After like a big storm. A he, tree has fallen on their house and David Drayton. He's cutting the tree. I, I mowed believe. The, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> with I, his lawnmower. With his lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> this man is actually he's got a weed wagon. He, he's actually somebody truck. who believes in doing things the most in, like impractical way possible. He's so he's actually through. just walking across the tree with his lawnmower on it, trying to trim it down. He's gone through so many blades. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so the, we meet his neighbor, who who's kind of not a nice guy. Okay. Um. There's always one of those in a Stephen yeah. King novel. Yeah. So he he's kind of a jerk. Um. So so essentially they, they are like okay we the power's out we need food like we need to get stuff from the grocery store let's all go to the grocery store so the wife stays home um, David and his son and their neighbor who he doesn't like very much goes to the grocery store mm-hmm. in the grocery store there is a um, there's a group of people who live in the town and there's people like out of towners kind okay. of okay and so it's it, the the place they're at in Maine is kind of like a touristy area kind of. Um, I'll get to the pharmacy in a second, by the way. I, I know I said that there were two locations. Yeah, that's all I've been waiting um, for. You're going to have to wait a little bit longer. Gosh. Um, so, But essentially, it, it, it creates this this vibe of like, um, nobody knows what's happening, but everybody knows that something is weird. Yeah. Um, and the mist has already come in. The the, the mist is is currently encircling everything. So, the, like, in a, like in a circle motion? No. Okay. Just as in like... It's closing in. It's closing in. And yeah. they can see it closing in? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, they yeah, can see time. them. In. Okay. Um, so th- they're just in, in the grocery store, uh, and some people start to leave, and like I said, they don't, they don't come back in. Sure. Um, and then 
they're they're doing some stuff where they're trying to like figure out how to leave, like all that stuff. And then David and um, some of the other guys find some tentacles. Some tentacles. Tentacles. Where? Ew. Somewhere in the grocery store. There's like a loading dock, I think it oh, is. Okay. okay. Uh, and like somebody opens the door. Yeah. And there's some tentacles. And there's some tentacles. Are they attached to anything? Oh, yeah. Oh. But you don't see what they're attached to. Because it's in the mist. Because it's in the mist. Sure. It's also very big, it seems. Yeah. Um, so there's some there's some death ha- that happens there. In the loading dock. Uh, it it might tentacles. be. I, I think it's a loading dock. I. And just go with it. The details escape me. Yeah. Um. So so the the vibe here, right, is that there's there's two evils. There's the mist and what's in it, mm-hmm. and there's the people in the grocery store. Sure. Yeah, uh, I don't know if you like. I've, the I've question never... is, which is the greater evil? Exactly. There, there, there's like, I, I'm not sure if you've ever been in a situation where it's like you're with a group of strangers and you're trying to figure out how to do something. Sure. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. You have very like different, like conflicting personalities yeah. and different kinds of like ideas on the situation. That's kind of this, but multiplied by 10,000 because they're people are dying. Right. Like people are dying and right. they're, they're, nobody knows really what's going on. Sure. Um, so there's some, some really strong personalities in this grocery store. Mm-hmm. Um, who th- there, there's a couple like schools of thought where it's like, okay, this is bad. Okay. This isn't happening. Okay. This is like Armageddon. Yeah. This is the military. This is every, every possible. And this is, I would say true of, of real life too. Every possible thing that could be true is true to somebody in the this grocery store. This is my store. ex-wife. Yeah. It's yeah. My, she's finally found me <laughs> guys. I'm sorry. This happens all the time. Uh, this is, it'll pass. Um, don't go outside. <laughs> don't go outside. Um, but yeah, so, so that, that happens. And, and I think for me, that's, that's maybe the more interesting part of the story. Cause the mist itself kind of a background thing, really okay. aside from when it's not right. So when it's, right. when people are out there, when it's right in your face, it's, it's, it's very, uh, very present. Mm-hmm. But when it's just the people in the grocery store, their biggest worry is really themselves. Yeah. Um, and, and kind of. One one really good example of this is uh, there's this kind of like and of course this is true for like a lot of a lot of books like this there's like a religious fanatic sure so basically she's like this is God this is like the end of days we have to like sacrifice somebody like yeah I know it, it's crazy that like that's a crazy thing and I think that that for me is like a, a really a sticking point mm-hmm. of, of the book is it's not everybody thinks she's crazy. Mm, yeah. Like the the longer people are in this situation where they're very, and I, a character even says something to this effect in the book where it's like somebody being afraid for long enough, they'll believe whatever anybody right. who has like a solution. Right. And that's like a, almost a direct quote from the book. Um, but so, so essentially like there's a lot of different forces within the grocery store that are making things really difficult for anybody to kind of get a feel for the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, the pharmacy is really one of the, the only times that we see the main character. One of the two times really that we see the main character leave the grocery store. Um, and essentially they see that this pharmacy door is like open mm. and they're like, we got to go like, see if there's anybody in there. 
doesn't go well. Doesn't go great naturally. Yep. Um, and they come this. back. They come back and like we have to leave. Like we have to. We have to find some way to get out of this grocery store and get help, hmm. like the National Guard, whatever. Like we have to get out of here. Um, so really, the book the book does a really good job of um, creating this sense of. I don't because it's not scary. Mm-hmm. It's not like a scary book. Yeah. But it is very eerie. Okay. Um, and I and I remember when I like reading this book, thinking that the 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 writing is really good for a short story. Okay. Because I just felt very invested. Um, and it's it's almost like like watching the news. Like this felt like watching a news story, where it's like I'm not there, but I feel like I'm waiting. Um, with anticipation for what happens next with the people there. Interesting. Um, and the, 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 the reason I think that that works here is cause it's written. Mm, it's written. This is kind of, I don't want to spoil it because it's, it's the ending Okay. Is, is not really like, it's not a great ending. Is uh, it written in first or third person? It's written in first person, Okay. but it's written in past tense. Okay. So it's written as like a journal entry. Okay. Um, so it really does feel, and it, it feels. Is it literally a journal entry? Um, kinda. Because if it is, I'm not reading it. It's kinda. I'm telling you that right now. Really? Yeah. I hate, dude. I tried to read uh, World War Z. Yeah. And it's not a journal entry. I've tried to read other journal-ish entry-ish books, and I cannot do it. It's not. That's not what it is. Okay. It's. It's also like. You wouldn't know that that wouldn't be even in your brain if I didn't tell you that. Okay. okay. So it doesn't feel like that at all. Okay. Um, that just is kind of the, the like. It it feels like it's in both present and past tense. Okay. Uh, w- which is interesting. Yeah. It's like the writer is trying to write it, uh, as he's remembering it. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so very interesting. Um, I, I remember when I read it, I was very intrigued as to like the, the person to person relationships more than the mist itself. Gotcha. Which for me is kind of part of the course with a lot of books that I've read where I really care about what is happening between the characters. That's one of my favorite things in books. Yeah. And I think if you can do it well, especially in a horror setting, I think that really adds to the experience where the, the focus for the characters is what is going on mm-hmm. outside, but the focus for the reader is kind of how the characters are dealing with that like struggle. Yeah. Um, and, and so that that's, I think a really cool, really impactful part of this book for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they, they, they do this thing and they build relationships and they um, build like animosity towards each other. And yep. the, the religious person gains a following in this, like, which is so interesting. Yeah, it yeah. is. And they're not even there for that long. Yeah. They're in the grocery store for like a couple days. Okay. Like it, it's not like they're there for months. Right. And people are finally starting to come around on this like religious fanatic thing. Yeah. They're like kind of into it pretty early on. Yeah. Like, Oh, she's right. Like we all thought she was crazy, but she must be right because that's the only explanation for this. Yeah. Um, some people think it's the military. Mm-hmm. Some people think, and this is I and I, I do know of other Stephen King books that that I've not read, but I've heard that there is like a, a theme of like the military is doing some shady stuff. Yeah, 
and it could be the government. Whether it's the thing or whether it's not the thing, it's always mentioned as a potential yes, for the thing. Exactly. And I think that that's, that's cool. Uh, and I really, cause you don't know, you, you, yeah. you don't know. Um, everybody's kind of argument has a little bit of substance to it. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're reading the book, right. Cause you're like, I don't know what's out there either. Yeah. Um, which I love that. Yeah. I, I think if, if you can do that, that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, cause we don't really see what is out there. Yeah. Um, there it's, there's like bugs. It's described as like bugs. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, when when you're reading that, uh, you get the sense that that's not entirely true. Okay. Like that's what they are. That's mm-hmm. what we would say that they are. Mm-hmm. But there's something otherworldly. There's something wrong about them. Yeah. So they're not really bugs, but that's how somebody who saw them would describe them. Yeah. Um, so you get the sense that the the character is trying to make sense. Of what's happening with whatever they have context yeah. for, which which is cool, and yeah. I, I and that maybe isn't Stephen King's intention. I don't know that, mm-hmm. but reading it, it does feel that way. Gotcha. The character's trying to explain his surroundings as best as he can. Yeah. Um. He's also got a son to worry about. Yeah. So like, he he has his his kid there, and his wife is probably dead. If a tree fell through their house, it's not sealed well. Right. I got to imagine yeah. they got in there. And so he's got that in his mind. It's like, my wife is dead. Yeah. Even if I do get out of here, she's gone. My son, if this is the world that he grows up in, he's not gonna, we're not going to last long. Yeah. So they, um, I, you almost feel like, again, I, I don't recall if this is explicitly mentioned, but you almost feel like they all know. Mm. that this is not going to work. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to die. Right. So there's this impending sense of dread and impending sense of like doom. Mm-hmm. But I think as, as humans, your, 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 your nature and your first instinct is to fight yeah. against whatever is coming. Yeah. Regardless of if you think you can win or not. I think there's a very human element of this story where it's like, okay, you know what? I'm not going to say it. But we're probably screwed, mm-hmm. but we're going to keep like trying to figure out a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like in some ways they do, in some ways they don't. That's a, that's a very like common Stephen King trope too, though. I don't want to say trope necessarily, mm-hmm. but like framing device yeah. or narrative structure. Yeah. Cause as you're talking about the mist, it reminds me a lot of the Langoliers, mm-hmm. which is roughly the same size but it is in one of his novella collections yeah. we talked about it in our first episode actually yeah. wow yeah way back way back nostalgia way. yeah that was a long time ago um we could do some retro t-shirts oh sweet um, <laughs> but yeah um it's, it's a very similar thing where like something's happening although the thing is in that one it would be like if the mist was in the distance the whole time and getting mm-hmm. closer the whole time mm-hmm. And it wasn't uh, just right there. Right. Yeah. And so there's always this sense of ticking clock. Mm-hmm. Whereas it almost sounds like they are their own ticking clock yeah. in a way. And yeah. their panic and paranoia. Well, and some of them are just clock. like, they just give up and they just right. run out and yeah. die for like, I mean, I mean, that's not a spoiler. I, I think. think the difference between that and Langoliers is it's such a small group of people yeah. that are left. And because if, if we don't remember the whole setting is like, it takes place on an airplane at first 
and most of the passengers go missing um, and only a handful are left. Mm -hmm. And so a very real part of it as well is why are we the ones left? Yeah. And so there's, there's less of that. Well, let's bail because built into the narrative from the start is okay. There's a reason that certain ones were taken and certain ones were left. We're also in an airplane. Well, they land. Oh, they're landed at this point. Well, yeah, I mean, they land within the first couple chapters. Okay, gotcha. The setup happens in the <laughs> airplane, and then they land at the airport. You can tell I've not read it. Yeah, <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> Hopefully in October. Maybe, yeah, maybe, actually. that That's, yeah, that might be a good idea. If you liked The Mist, you'll like The Langoliers. Yeah, yeah, I did like The Mist. I think I'll, I'll round it out, and I'll say I did like The Mist. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Uh, my gripe with it mm-hmm. is... I think that I would have pref- and this is weird because the Salem's Lot was the other way around. I would have preferred it to be longer. Mm. Like I, I wish okay. that I wish that there was time for the relationships that form, and and like, I wish there was more time for that to kind of grow. Yeah. Um. There's also some weird kind of relationship stuff that happens that is kind of like out of left field that I don't love. Okay. Um, but I think that if there was more time, especially the, the, I'm, I'm like a sucker for like the religious fanatic thing. Yeah. Like I love that kind of idea where people are like going insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I think that that's a really cool thing that happens in a lot of horror movies and horror books mm-hmm. um, that I really wish could have been a little bit more present. Yeah. A little bit more fleshed out. But in the size of the book, it's really perfect. Mm-hmm. Like the, the the amount of that is really like really solid. Uh, yeah. So that would be my one thing. I was like, I kind of just wish it was a little bit longer of a story because um, it it ended and I didn't feel like it was done. How weird is that? That like in his long books, you wish they were shorter, and yeah. in his short books, you wish they were longer. Yeah, I don't know what that says exactly, but that is really interesting. Well, I think for me, so having read this, and and again, like I guess that Salem's lot, mm-hmm. the the things I like about them are the same, and the things that I dislike about them, I think you could make the argument that they're kind of similar. Yeah. So like the thing I dislike about this is I don't feel like the characters, as well developed as they are for a short novel, I do wish that they had more time. Mm-hmm. And the in, and inversely, I think some of the characters in Sounds Lot are, we spend too much time with them. Right, you don't need their entire like human genome project. Yeah, in, in stuff that isn't related to the yeah. story. Although Salem's Lot might be an exception because it is like the town is the character and that's right. the whole thing. But um, I, I I think like yeah, that is interesting. I think that that's something to to look into of like why, what is it about his books that. He always has the wrong amount of character yeah. development. Yeah. Um, and, and the wrong amount of pages. Because <laughs> uh, like, there was like there was a lot of Salem's Lot I feel like could have yeah. been cut out. And the book still would have been awesome. Right. Um, but that being, it didn't detract from the experience of reading the book. Mm-hmm. It just felt kind of like filler at some points. Right. Um, this, I thought, could have used some... some uh, fluffing up in, yeah. in places. Well, and you said it takes place over like two days, right? It's something like that. It's like it's I a think couple days. Even if you just flesh that out to like ten days yeah. or a week or what I say ten days because a week is too good for sanity. Yeah. You know, like you can make it through a week. Yeah. Once you make it through a day, 
you almost have to jump to like three days. And then if you make it through the week, you're golden. Um, like it's a goal. Yeah. So that's where you want to get to like 10 days because that's where you're like, okay, I've got to make it through a second week. Yeah. But because I've already made it through one week and I'm in the middle of my second week, I have to consider the possibility of there could be multiple weeks. And that's where you really start to get a little bit of craziness. So I feel like for a short novel, like expand that two days into 10. Yeah. And I don't know if it's only two days. Like I don't, I don't necessarily remember Mm -hmm. how many days it is exactly. Um, but I do know it's it's not a very long time. Right. So I, I totally agree. Yeah. Interesting. Cool, cool. What about you, man? What about me? Today I'm going to talk about my slump buster. Pew. Well, actually, it wasn't my slump buster. It was the slump initiator. I was going to say, it was a slump causer. And then, a, then it was a couple other books that busted the slump. And then I was like, I've got to finish this guy out and get it done. So I've been working on the born identity since I want to say I started it in March. Yeah, it was a long time ago, it was man. A long time ago. And honestly, like I'll just say up front, like I loved this book and I even loved it when I started it. And so there was never a point where I was like, oh, this is getting really boring. Like it's a very engaging book. I felt like all the way through it just, it was more like I just hit a wall and stopped reading for a while. Yeah. Um, and didn't read anything. Yeah. And so, um, so it wasn't the book itself, but for some reason, just almost halfway through Born Identity, I just lost all will to read. And yeah, that was that. But I recently finished it. I finished it two weeks ago, just about. Super glad I did. It feels, I feel like 10 pounds lighter, um, which is probably dangerous because I'm very small. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, so this book was written in 1980 by Robert Ludlum. Um, it's much more famous now because of the movie series starring Matt Damon. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit, but it's basically to give a to give a quick overview. Um, so a guy wakes up in the ocean, and he's hauled in by a group of fishermen on a boat, and he wakes up and has amnesia. And he's also been shot. And so they take him to a doctor on an island um, just off the coast of France. And he patches him up and tries to help him regain some of his memories and just works with him a little bit. And then basically just kind of gives him some money and is like, best of luck to you. I think he he had something like implanted in him that had the name of a bank uh, and an account number. And that was it. And so that's like the only solid information he had. So they were like, I guess you kind of just got to go to the bank and see what's in your safety deposit box or what's in the account or whatever. Um, So he does that. And when he gets there, uh, it's a little weird. uh, But he goes in and there's like a bunch of different passports from different countries, a bunch of different types of currency and a lot of money in all of them. Uh, and a gun. And so he's basically like, what the heck am I uh, type deal? And on his way out, he's he's realizing that he's noticing things that he doesn't think would be normal things to notice. Like he notices when guards have guns hidden under clothing or he notices the number of guards in general or exit points or just different stuff like that. And the author does a really good job of kind of 
letting you into his brain as he's processing these things, but not uh, thinking about them necessarily. And, it, and he really crafts well that he comes back and thinks about it after he's already processed it. So it goes through and it describes like, I'm noticing da 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 And then it kind of flashes into his head again as he's like, wait, why am I noticing this stuff, right? And so basically um, he realizes that he's kind of being followed at the bank and, and from there they try to apprehend him, he escapes and he runs into this woman and um, he coerces her into helping him get out of that situation and then kind of continues coercing her for a while to help him um, with the promise that she'll be let go eventually. Um, and then eventually she just kind of wants to help him, um, especially after a situation where she is abducted by some of the people that were following him. Um, and that's a really heavy, terrible scene, but he saves her from what they were going to do. Um, and from that point on, uh, she kind of decides she wants to help him as well. And so they end up falling in love as well as she's helping him try to discover who he is and kind of helping him on this adventure. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of the whole premise amnesia trying to figure it out finds this woman who's who's willing to help him eventually after some time and that's kind of the whole like setup of of the thing and so i don't feel like i really even need to get into a lot of spoiler talk from there because that's the setup and 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 the thing with it is you don't necessarily know where it's going because it's written from the perspective of someone who has amnesia. Has no idea what's happening. Exactly. And so you're literally just kind of following the breadcrumbs as you go. It does flash, so it's not written in first person, mm. um, but it does flash over to a separate storyline um, that involves the CIA. And Classic. Seeming, of course, and <laughs> seemingly not related to the story, but you know it probably will be at some point. Um, and then it does tie up into that. Um, but yeah, uh, so for the most part, though, you're pretty much just following this main storyline with, with Bourne. And you're basically just seeing like, okay, well, of course he's going to do this next because all the information he has and all the things he knows are now this. It's almost like when you're playing a video game for the first time and you're playing the story on it, mm -hmm. like an RPG, and um, you're basically just kind of learning as you go and... Yeah. and unveiling the narrative as you go sure. and gathering items and and whatever um that's kind of what's going on until you get to sort of the final act of the game and you've got what you think is enough to piece together what you should do to fight the final boss like that's almost the vibe if i could describe it any other way yeah that that makes sense yeah uh, so it does have that feeling and, it, and the author does a really good job of sort of investing you into trying to figure it out with born um and you're really curious about who he is and the the secondary the b plot with the cia kind of helps make you more curious which is really helpful, I think, because it'd be really easy for that to just kind of detract and be some kind of exposition when in reality it's 
making you more interested yeah. in the A plot. So really expertly written, I have to say. Um, yeah, I would recommend it. It's a lot of fun. What I would recommend is listening to it. Okay. Unless you just have like another vacation coming up, but it's one where you're going to sit down and read a lot. Like you're sitting on a beach. It would be a great beach read, I would say. Um, but I would, I would listen to it. Okay. I think it would be a really great audio book. Um, yeah, man, I really just enjoyed going along for the ride. Um, I will address the elephant in the room, which is comparing it to the movie. Yeah, tell me, tell me a little bit about that. Because I did go back and watch the movie like as soon as I finished the book, because I hadn't seen it in years. Ages, yeah. Yeah. And it is almost entirely different. So obviously the main two characters are the same, Bourne and, and the girl he runs into, who is Maria. What was really interesting to me is... Maria in the book had significantly more like agency and um, just seemed so much more capable mm -hmm. and intelligent and like strong um, and just in a very natural way, like as, as who she was. Yeah. Whereas in the movie, she was so much more of almost like an ingenue type character. Gotcha. And the thing was, it was it was interesting because I, I watched another book analysis, like book to movie analysis. And because of the way in which she decides to help him and then falls in love with him, which he basically saves her from a, a terrible situation for anyone, but specifically a woman to, to go through. Um, they kind of use that to say like, you know, that made her more of a like ingenue mm. or I don't know what they were trying to get at, but basically like she didn't really have a full choice or something like that. Like because he saved her from this, that was why she decided it was a really mixed point. Kind of. Yeah. That's strange. And so to me, it was like, even though that didn't happen in the movie, they still weakened the character substantially. Like in the book, she works for, I think, the Canadian embassy or the Canadian government in some form or fashion. So she's a mid-level government employee. Yeah. She's a career professional. Um, she's a world traveler, speaks multiple languages, like very capable, very like emotionally regulated. Sure. Um, and very put together as a person. And you can tell this. Um and very like emotionally intelligent to be able to like bear with this amnesiac yeah. and see through some of the defense mechanisms and stuff. Like she's a very, very cool character in the book. In the movie, it's completely watered down and one dimensional oh. to like ingenue love interest. And so even though, you know, you might feel some type of way about how she decides to continue in the story in the book, she's a much better and more fleshed out and capable and strong female character in the book. Right. Than she is in the movie. Um, and I like the character in the movie fine, but it's just very cookie cutter and kind of generic. That's um, kind of annoying. Yeah. It was very annoying. <laughs> yeah. And here's a crazy thing. The 
main overarching villain of the book that Bourne is trying to find and figure out who they are and their connection to him and eventually like see if he can try to take him down or whatever, nowhere to be found in the movie. Does not exist in the movie. Really? Yeah. So you might ask, if that's the whole freaking conflict of the book, what's the conflict of the movie? I could not tell you. Probably because it's much less memorable. So the conflict in the movie comes down to it's basically just Bourne versus the CIA. Mm. And while I feel like that's interesting and it probably made sense for the time being like, I think the early 2000s or late 90s. I think it was the early 2000s when the first Bourne came out. And so there was a tiny bit of like... Who plays Bourne? Matt Damon. Yeah. 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 Um, But that then becomes the through line of the whole trilogy in in that. And I haven't read the rest of the trilogy of the books yet, but it's like... There's this whole, like, the, the main villain in the book is, is an assassin, a world-renowned assassin, right? And the CIA raised up Bourne kind of to become an assassin. And, um, and so it's this really fascinating, like, convergence of the two. Mm-hmm. And you're finding out all these different details about them and how they're related in different ways and, and just all kinds of really interesting stuff. And then you also kind of get this questionable moral stance of the CIA and all of this. So you still get that like wrestling with the government morality kind of tale that the movie very much makes the main focus in the book. But there's this other more action packed and interesting conflict. So to me, it's like, I don't know. The movie just ends up being very hollow um, and very simple and yeah. a lot less engaging. And it felt to me like they almost had to engineer a much less interesting climax to the movie um, because they cut out the actual flushed out, like hmm. whole villain plot yeah. and conflict of the book. And so they really have to engineer a lot of the conflict of the movie because it's just not there in the story. And so you can tell almost what comes from the book and what comes from the screenwriters because what comes from the book is very like, oh, you can tell there's a lot to this. And yeah. this is really engaging and really interesting. And then when it's a screenwriter thing, like, oh, that is happening. Okay, great. And next. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, Born Identity is a really good movie. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I, I think I tend to prefer like a Mission Impossible or even sure. like a Bond flick type thing over that. Um, but it's a good movie. The Born Identity, the book, is really, really good. I'm a little thrown off by the size of Supremacy, and I haven't looked at how long Ultimatum is yet. I thought maybe Identity could have been a hair shorter, but mm. I, I thought it was a reasonable yeah. uh, size, and I think the story moves pretty well. You're not stuck in the same place for too long. Um I wouldn't want it to be longer though. Sure. And so as I'm looking at the size of supremacy, I'm like, yeah. that's uh, longer. We'll see. So yeah. I might audio that one. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I don't know. I, so all that to say, like, I think it's a perfect length for this type of book. And 
it moves really fast. The characters are super engaging. You want to find out more about Bourne. You want to figure it out with him and for him. Right. He's, he's all of the negative things you might expect from an assassin who has none of their memories, but he also has this goodness to him mm-hmm. and this kindness to him that helps you stay engaged with him and not just be like, Turn I, off completely I, I hope someone kills yeah. him. Um, and you understand why Maria wants to help him. And honestly, Maria is like one of the best female characters I've ever read. Um, cool. Like she's just very, very engaging, very awesome three-dimensional female character in the book. Um, and yeah, that was just all the twists and turns and finding out information and, and all that. It's, it's super good, super engaging. Um, really, I, would, I have almost nothing negative to say about it. Isn't that the best feeling? Yes, it is. And honestly, I, th- I was pretty happy with how the whole thing wrapped up and resolved as well. Um, and that's also a good feeling because you don't always get that <laughs> with, oh, with what you're reading. I know. Um, I get it. Yeah. So overall, just a really satisfying read. Sweet, man. Uh, and really engaging. So, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. And so, like I said, if you were going to check it out, I would, I would listen to it. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm, I'm giving audiobooks a, a real shot. Yeah. I'm listening to, I think, so here's my thing. I think I prefer the nonfiction genre in an audiobook form rather than fiction. Okay. So I'm, I'm listening to a book by John Green. It's called The Anthropocene Re- Reviewed. And Say it's, again? It's called The Anthropocene Reviewed. Anthropocene. Yeah, it's like reviewed. the human temporal range, like the okay, the life, like the. I've literally, never heard that word. Uh, it, it's like the proposed, uh, word for like, the time that humans are alive. Okay. Um, it's awesome. So essentially, what he does, and I'll probably talk about this on the on the pod at some point. Essentially, what he does is he he takes just random things and reviews them. Mm-hmm. Like he did like the Indy Five Hundred and Kentucky Bluegrass and. Diet Dr. Pepper, but he has this really cool way of making all of these things super important. Okay. Um, and it's beautiful. Hmm. It's like, it's made me cry multiple times, <laughs> um, which is not super hard to do. Sure. Um, <laughs> but like it, it's, it's, but it's like a good, yep. like life is beautiful. Things are beautiful. There's cry. a catharsis. Yeah. Um, and he narrates it and John Green narrates it. And okay. I love John Green. Yeah. He's like one of my favorite people. So hearing him read his book is awesome. Yeah. Um, so I'm really giving audiobooks a shot. Um, I'm also reading, I just, or I f- just finished book seven of The Expanse. Mm-hmm. And when I finish that series, I will talk about it at, uh, on, on the podcast as nice. its own thing. Yeah. Because uh, our first episode was book one of The Expanse. Yep. Whenever I finish that series, I will talk about the whole thing. Yep. And I will convince you to read it. I will, <laughs> I will, I will spend weeks crafting the perfect the perfect yeah. case for the book it might take weeks and you will read it yeah um you might audiobook it but you will read it okay um my dad's actually reading the first one and he is loving it that's so cool yeah so i'd love to hear it yeah go go <laughs> me yeah uh and go my dad my dad's awesome um but and also reading now since i finished that I wanted a fantasy book. I've not read a fantasy book in a while. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to read a fantasy book that was shorter. So I'm reading, it's called Homeland by R.A. Salvatore. Okay. Um, it's a Dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons universe book. Okay. It's called uh, It's called Homeland. It's in the series of um, 
Drizzt, The Legends of Drizzt. Okay. Um, I don't know if you're familiar at all. Not really. Um, <laughs> but so I, I'm like 10 pages in, so I can't really say anything about it. But that's what I'm, I'm reading right now. What about you, Stephen? So at the moment, I'm not in the middle of anything. I am listening to one book. Uh, it's a biography slash autobiography of um, a woman who was a missionary. Her name is Elizabeth Elliot. Um, and it's very good. Elizabeth Elliot is a, I think now I would say some might see her as a controversial figure, but she's, it's kind of one of those things where like when someone was born in the early 1900s and then lived until like the 2000s, like they have opinions <laughs> from, mm-hmm. from the olden times. Right. And, uh, but she was, she was kind of an awesome, amazing human. Um, in a lot of different ways and just like one of those tough as nails kind of people Mm -hmm. that like what's really interesting about this one is, and that's the gripe that a lot of people have with her. She's very, um, tough. And I would say specifically, she can be very tough on women, Mm. other women. Um, and so there, I think there's kind of a pushback of like, you know, not everyone has to do life the way you did. You don't have to come at people like they should. Um, but what's interesting in this particular biography, it's a memoir crafted by someone else, but it's based on her journals Gotcha. from early in her life, um, like teenage years up through, uh, I think maybe up to middle age, um, or at least after she had a few kids. Um, and it's, it puts so much different of a spin on it because it humanizes her so much more. And you see like at at the section that I'm at, she's just met the man who would become her first husband. Mm -hmm. Um, and he was killed in the mission field, but, um, her journal entries talking about like them meeting and like going on dates and stuff and just talking about him, like how you would expect a young woman to talk about that kind of thing. And it's not through this like theological lens and it's not through the, some of it is, but it's not that it's, she's very human. And so it's a really cool, I would say 360 view of her and much more of a personal note than even I think some of her own writings. Mm. Um, And so it's been really interesting to to listen to and I'm really enjoying it. I'm about to start uh, for your eyes only another bond book. Mm. And then I'm probably also going to jump into house at no ocean at the end of the lane that you talked about on the last My episode. Man. Yeah. Your wife read that. She read that and she really enjoyed it. She read it in one, in one, one sitting. I one heard one sitting. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Well, she was sick. So, I, but also it only took her probably like four hours, yeah. three, four hours. That's she a good book. Man. Through it. That is a good book. Yeah. I hope, I hope that you read that and I hope that you get something out of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I. Yeah, I'm going to read it. I was going to read. I was going to finish all three of those books last week on my work trip. And it was literally like I was putting in 11, 12 hour days at work. Yeah. Just because it's like I'm there. I might as well work a lot. Yeah. And I would get done. I would go back and have dinner and I would try to like move in some way. So I'd either go to the gym at the hotel or I'd go, you know, swim some laps at the pool or whatever, just try to move. Um, and by the time I would get done doing that, I'm just like, I don't want to read yeah. anything. I yeah. don't want to 
focus on anything. I don't want to do anything. <laughs> like, yeah. I had yeah. big plans to read on vacation. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. <laughs> well, you know what? It did happen, but the last day. Dude, I didn't even read on the plane. And that was where I was like, yeah. that's just dead time. I forgot about it. I, I, I thank you to Orbit Books uh, gave me a copy of Cyberpunk 2077, uh, No Coincidence, uh, early to review. Mm-hmm. Uh, that review is out on my blog, per, my personal blog, and my personal Instagram. We'll link that in uh, the show notes. Sweet. Um, it, it was it was good. Uh, I It wasn't like amazing but i I enjoyed it and so uh, fully fledged review is somewhere Mm -hmm. um but i had to finish it before Mm -hmm. i got back yeah and i read it on the train from cork to dublin and then on the plane home and i also finished failing up on the plane nice it was awesome i forgot to say something about that to you yeah Uh, i really enjoyed that i i thought that that was a very encouraging read it is. Um, it's wholesome and it's encouraging. Yeah. Even if you're not somebody who wants to go into the arts, it's just very, it, it, it has a way of really just speaking to, to exactly what you need to hear. Yep. Um, man, I read a lot of books this past couple of weeks. I read three. I finished three books. Yeah. Dude, that's great. That's awesome. I, I'm, I, was, I was having a hard time reading, man, yeah. uh, to be completely, completely frank. Yeah. Um, actually, I'll be Matthew. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll be completely Matthew with you. Um, I just had a hard time like picking up a book and reading it, but now yeah. finished three books, um, back on the back in the saddle. I think. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Sweet. Cool. Well, I think that's probably a good good enough place to call it a day. It's night. time for porch time, bro. It's time for some porch time. Uh, if you already forgot from when we explained it earlier, that's do you want me to me try? And, you want me to go again? That's when me and Matthew spend time on the porch. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. It's like another podcast. That's great, but we don't record it. But we don't record it. Maybe. Um, no, we don't. No, you can't have that. Um, I mean, unless you, no, you don't. No, no you're not that. invited. You can't come. <laughs> it's you not because we don't like you. Well, it depends if it's that one guy. Well, I don't think he listens to the podcast. No, that one guy who listens. To oh, anyway, you know, uh, the most valuable thing you have in your possession is your time. And the fact that you just burnt again, 2053 and running bars of music in 4-4 time in the key of C major. That's probably going to get cut down a little bit. Yeah, yeah, because there's some stuff we got to edit out of this. Uh, that you would spend that amount of musical time with us is amazing. Mind-boggling. So we just want to say thank you. Um, thank you to those of you who have been listening uh, from the beginning and just trekking along with us as we talk about books. Um, we hope you're really enjoying the show. If you have thoughts, ideas, comments, feedback, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. We love to hear mm-hmm. uh, from you when you have stuff. Uh, if you want to leave a review or feel like you'd like to help out the show in some way, leave a review, uh, give us a thumbs up wherever you're listening, whatever you can do that you know doesn't take too much time out of your day, that would be fantastic. Um, cause it really does help out a lot and yeah, share it with your friends and we'll just kind of keep this thing going and grow our weird little band of, of book readers, of bros, if you will. And remember that bros can also be, uh, really any other kind of human. It doesn't have to just be a male bro human. <laughs> it can be a female bro human and every other bro in between. Um, But yeah, anyway, that went off the rails. But anyway, thank you so much for listening is basically the gist of all that. 
I do. I, I want to give a specific shout out. I've got a coworker. His name's Freddie. 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 Freddie, my guy. If you're listening to this show, thank you for your continued support. You and your husband are awesome, and I think that you guys are great for listening to the show and also for everything else. So thanks for being you. Thanks for listening to the show. I just had to. I had to. I love it. Yeah, I had I to it. give a, 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 a specific shout out to my my guy Freddie. Since I know we can do specific shout outs, I'll have more in the future. So if you're listening. I will shout you out. <laughs> if you've ever mentioned like, hey, it was really funny when you said this on the podcast. I'm you will you, you will know that it matters to me. <laughs> because I will mention it on air. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. No, it really does mean a lot when you guys reach out and give us feedback or just say that you listened or say that we made you laugh or read a book or whatever. That's or cry. fantastic. I've not heard that from anyone yet. Me either. Yeah. It'll happen. I don't think we're there. we got to talk about different stuff at this point. That's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, thank you all for listening. And uh, yeah, we hope you have a great rest of your day. Bye-bye. <laughs>